Hello. Oh, hi. Hello. Oh, all right. You sure? Good. Awesome. Right. Um, oh, isn't God good? Okay. Um, I'm really aware. We're going to slightly race through the next 20 minutes or so. Um, I just pray, if that's all right. Um, Oh, I'm going to pray anyway, whether you want to or not, so here we go. (laughs) Jesus, we love you. We love you, Jesus. Would you give us more of you? Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Give me Jesus. We love you, God. Amen. So uh, if this is uh, your first time here this morning, you are so welcome. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Kat. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, And uh, we are nearing the end of a number of one-off talks. Uh, so sometimes we work through a series of talks around a specific theme, but the last several weeks we have had a number of one-off talks just really focused around what we believe God is saying and doing with us. And that's not to say that we're not focused on what God is saying all the time. Um, that's kind of quite key. Um, but uh, it's been very much like having a blank page in front of us and just asking God, like, what are you saying? What do you, what do you want to do with us? How can we hold the space for more of you? Um, so I'm going to launch straight in, partly because of time. Um, and also, I'd really like to create a bit of space and time for us at the end to respond. So take a big breath, hold on to your seats, let's go. Um, so I've, I've spent the last uh, few weeks asking God about what he wants to be, what he wanted me to bring today. And I'll be honest, I didn't hear God say, I didn't feel like I heard God say anything to start with. Um, and time started getting on. And then Chris spoke about worship last week. So I was like, dang it, can't fall back on that one. Um, and uh, do you know what? I'm really glad Because what he brought last week was so good. It was so challenging. It was so stirring. And I really hope that um, you've had time this week to really ruminate and digest and wrestle with what he spoke about last week. Um, So I I started getting a little bit more desperate last weekend, beginning of this week. And I sat down with God and spent some time praying, just pouring out my heart to him. And then he spoke. And I heard God say this, light the lamps activate the bright ones, illuminate the city. I know. I was like, oh, all right then. That sounds great. Cool. Okay. And then he carried on. I was like, oh, okay. That sounded like a mic drop moment, but it wasn't. Um, He carried on and he said, call together the ones who are burning. Dig deep trenches. It is time to go underground, it is time to be hidden, and it is time to put the work in, in the unseen. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, that's great. And then I started ruminating over it, and I was like, that seems a bit contradictory, actually. He's saying, be bright, be burning, and then he's also saying, go underground and do the work in the the unseen, in the hidden place. 
And uh, as I kind of processed a bit more, I realized that they are both related, and we're just going to take a little bit of time now to unpack that. But the overall question that I, I could see that God was asking us all on an individual level is, how are we getting ready? How are we preparing for an increase of God's activity in Ashford? How are we getting ourselves ready for that? Chris spoke uh, last week about worship and how God is looking to do a work within us that we would become known as a worshipping church. And he is also looking for us to burn brightly so that the whole of Ashford is illuminated. So how are we preparing for that? And within the context of that, I believe that there are two focuses around our preparation, and that is around identity, and it's around the constant filling and empowering the Holy Spirit. And the two are not separate from each other. So we're going to start with the first part, light the lamps, activate the bright ones, illuminate the city. Now, I've been working through the, uh, the book of John for a while now. John is one of, the, one of four books in the Bible called the Gospels, uh, which just detail the life and works of Jesus. And I've been really trying to take my time reading it, understanding it, allowing the Holy Spirit to open my eyes and show me things that I've uh, not noticed before. And I chose John to start with out of all the other Gospels because the Gospel of John was written by a man who was completely undone and transformed by the love of Jesus. And I wanted to catch that. So, um, uh, so uh, when God was speaking to me about what to share with you today, I was reminded of something that Jesus said in John eight twelve, which many of you who uh, have grown up in church or been around church for a while will have probably heard before. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light, the light of life. There we go. Now, upon first reading that, I was like, yeah, great. I know that one. I've heard it before. Jesus is the light of the world. Like, this is like, been doing this, like, doing this for a while. Great, got it. And then I started reading into the context behind Jesus saying that, and oh my word, it takes on a whole new meaning. So you'll have to humor me. I love a bit of history. I did get my geek on a little bit with this. Um, and, uh, but it's, it, it just opens it up so much more. So when Jesus was saying this, he was in Jerusalem for a festival called the Feast of Tabernacles. And during that festival, there was a ceremony which was called the Illumination of the Temple. And this involved lighting four gold oil-filled lamps in an outside court of the temple. Now, each of these lamps was 75 feet high. So just for, if you're like me and you're like, that just means nothing to me. For a bit of context, the width of this auditorium is 20 meters. So, and 75 feet is about 22 meters. So just one of them in height was wider than this whole auditorium. Four of them. Could you just picture it for a minute? Four. These lamps were lit at night during the duration of the festival. The light was so bright, it lit up the whole city. And this was to remind the people of Israel of the pillar of fire that led them through the desert after they'd fled from Egypt. And that pillar of fire had represented the manifest presence and glory of God. So God's glory is the full expression of himself. 
And God had promised through Old Testament prophets that he would send a light to renew Israel's glory. And Israel's glory was the restoration of their value as children of God who reflect and point to the attributes, nature, and power of God. And that light would release them into freedom and restore their joy. So this is massive. Like Jesus is saying in this statement, it's massive and it's huge. He's saying, I'm the one you have been waiting for. This light that is lighting up the whole city that represents the manifest presence and glory of God, I'm it. I'm here. You've been waiting for me all this time. You've been doing this ritual all this time to signify what's coming. It's here. And if you follow me, you will have this light too, and you will illuminate the spaces around you. And he goes one step further from saying you'll walk in the light. He says you will have the light. Now that word have in the original language means to wear it. It means to hold it. And then in Matthew's account of Jesus' life, Jesus turns it around and he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, and neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Now, Jesus isn't saying this as some sort of pressured expectation on us. He's saying, if you follow me, this is the restored and the renewed identity that I am giving you. You are the light. That is who you are. You hold and you wear the presence and the glory of God. And I know a number of us have heard this before, but God God knows how long it takes for this stuff to take the 18-inch journey from our heads down to our hearts. And his invitation to us, like Chris said last week, is to act according to our design. To worship God from who he says you are. To burn brightly because of who God says you are. We have all got our hang-ups I have my own fair share. Just ask Josh. Um, But at some point, at some point, we have got to start living like what he says about us is true. At some point, we have to. Ephesians 5, 8 to 14, for you were once in darkness and now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ shall shine on you. Wake up, sleeper. So how do we grow in operating more and more as the bright ones, as the people who are wearing the light of life and illuminating Ashford in the places that we live and the places that we work? Now, I'm not going to give you a list of practicals. Um, If you want some practicals, we have got a great life coaching series that we did a while ago, so you can go back and and work through that. Um, The practicals are really, really good things. But we need the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
We need the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit has already been given to those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and the Bible describes the Holy Spirit acting like a seal upon your heart. That is um, like God's validation of your identity. But the Bible also talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our empowerer. He's our comforter. He's our helper. He's the fire in our bellies for more of God. And his activity in our, in our lives produces fruit like love and joy and peace, patience, etc. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Practically speaking, you cannot light a lamp if it has no oil in it. And you can't keep a lamp lit if the oil isn't regularly topped up. As I was thinking about that this week, some of you may have it in your head already, that really um, old song from the late 60s, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. I was like, no! We we ruined it. The English ruined it. We kind of, yeah. But I've just been, been thinking about those words. I'm like, yeah, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, keep me burning till the break of day. The dawn of a new day is breaking. Isaiah 43, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. What are your oil levels like? Are you being regularly filled? Are you being regularly filled outside of these four walls? Or, and I wrote this question, I was like, oh, that's harsh. But are you just a really good-looking lamp? <laughs> I, yeah. That's, that's like, yeah, that is all. I don't want to be just a really good-looking lamp. There is so much more. God is calling all of us to dig deep trenches, to go deep underground, to put the work in the unseen and in the hidden place. I am, I'm planning on uh, planting a row of bulbs um, along a fence that we've got at the end of our garden. And uh, yes, to all you keen gardeners here, um, you'll know that I'm cutting it a little bit fine, time-wise. Um, but they're late bloomers, so I think I'm, I think I'm going to be okay. Um, anyway, when I dig a narrow trench to plant those bulbs, and then I cover it back up again, there is a transformation that happens underground that I cannot see. Those bulbs don't just sit there in the soil and do nothing. They don't just sit there doing nothing, waiting for spring. They take, from the moment they are put in the soil... They anchor themselves into the soil, into the soil and into the ground by growing strong, deep roots so that they can get nutrients and water from the soil. And the bulbs eventually fall asleep for the coldest, darkest months before it begins to grow as the weather changes. Now, I know this analogy has been used like a gazillion times, uh, but it doesn't make it less true. If God is calling us to dig deep trenches, to put in the work of growing strong, deep roots underground, what does that look like for you? What does that look like for you? What is it that God wants to do in you and with you in the hidden place? And if you're not sure, you can ask him. 
And if you don't know what the voice of God sounds like, find someone who does, and they can help you. We're going we're gonna to stand and respond. Um, Vicky and Ruby, do you guys want to come up? Um, I find it really interesting that God used the analogy of trenches, because in... That can be like where you're digging a trench to plant something, but often trenches are often, uh, they refer to like the front line of a battlefield. Um, They are a place of hiding. They are a place of safety in an environment of war. And they are often filled with very, very tired soldiers. Guys, come on up. And uh, can we all stand? Is that right? We're just going to create some space for the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do. But I think that there are a number of people here today who the Holy Spirit really wants to draw close to. And that is for those who are really tired. Mm -hmm. And just, I'm, I'm really, I'm just thirsty for refreshment. I feel like there are some people here today who um, the life has kind of settled on you like a dust. And, and God just wants to blow that off you. And for some of you here, you may just be desperate for a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. For some of you here, you may have never encountered the Holy Spirit before. And the Holy Spirit wants to come and fill you for the first time. Um, so what we're going to do is, without Holy Spirit pads, <laughs> we're going to enter a zood <laughs> or a zoo, zo- the zone of uncomfortableness. And we're going, to, we're going to just create some space of quiet. And we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And we're just going to wait. Now, this might feel uncomfortable. That's okay. It's going to feel uncomfortable for everybody. But God's moving. So, Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you for every single person here in this room. And we come to you, Father God, and we say we need you, Holy Spirit. We need fresh outpouring of you in us and upon us. Would you come and fill us now? Come, Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.